In this episode of The Full Nerd, Ryzen XT reviews are in, and I actually bought cheap Windows 10 licenses. Welcome to episode 144. I'm your host, Gord Maung, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. Elena Yee is not here because I bought cheap Windows 10 and she's protesting. Adam Patrick Murray, though, is here despite me buying the cheap uh, Windows 10 licenses. Hey, you know what? Uh, as long as as long as you bought it, uh, I'm I'm happy about that. So <laughs> I will explain that later, of course, if you don't know. Uh, first up, though, the big news today is July 7th and 7-7. AMD's got 7 nanometer, so why don't we do 7 nanometer all over again? And <laughs> official reviews of the three new XT chips, the Ryzen 9 3900X, the Ryzen 9, Ryzen 7 3800 XT, sorry, there's an, is there an extra, extra digit on that, and the Ryzen 5 3600 XT, they're all in. I would say it's hard because there's always some People who aren't as harsh, but definitely, I would say, reaction. I don't know if you've seen all the reviews, Brad, but it's kind of a, mm-hmm. eh, it is yeah. what it is, right? Which I've, I've is, seen uh, a couple of the videos and read a couple of the reviews, and they are like, all right, cool, they're here. <laughs> yeah, it didn't actually change that much. We've talked about this probably since they announced it maybe four weeks ago, three weeks ago. And then, of course, it's it's tied to today for the actual review embargo. The review embargoes are up. People have tested them. Um, Wait, know, Gordon, I, I, why didn't you test them? I didn't test it because uh, the amount of hardware it takes doesn't physically fit in my house. And also... We're not in an air-conditioned environment, which is really, really bad for desktops, especially if you're trying to test them all at the same time. So I usually do that in the office, and we're still sheltered in place. Um, I have done it in the past, to be fair, but I didn't think this one was probably worth sort of using the credits of being in the office mm-hmm. uh, during this time. Uh, and it looks like uh probably didn't make the bad decision there because a lot yeah, of people are like, yeah, paid off. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I will say, I think for the most part, I, you know, everybody was, I think the tenor of the reviews, a lot of people were a lot more negative than I expected. And I don't know if that's because, you know, as a reviewer, sometimes you feel like, well, you've been so good to AMD because AMD has been performing so awesomely for the last two years that maybe it's time to just turn the screws a little harder than just because you feel like you got to be a little harsher on this one. That could be, but it could also be because this product is just a little bit less overwhelming than the rest of the Ryzen chips have been so far. Kind of a, what is the point, right? Kind of, why did you even bother to, and you know, we've definitely had that situation with Intel as well, because it's like, why did you do this part? Didn't make sense. I almost feel like this is a little bit like the 10th gen in some ways, because although 10th gen really did bring a lot to Intel side because, you know, they added hyper-threading at the low end where they really needed it. They added two more cores to the top end, but, mm-hmm. you know, 10th gen was decent. 9th gen was, you know... Yeah. Like the 9900KS. These are, and this is what people have said about these parts. Uh, these This is AMD's KS part. It's, you know, they're basically better silicon. They are binned-up parts, as a lot of people think. They just basically have been, you know, like, wow, these are, we have improved silicon. We're saving this stuff. 
we're going to give you, and for people who don't know, because I, I do want to be fair to everybody uh, who, who doesn't know, uh, Ryzen 9 3900XT 499. Uh, basically, the difference between that and the Ryzen 9 3900X is about 100 megahertz higher boost. The Ryzen 7 3800XT 399 uh, SRP or whatever street, whatever expected street, 200 megahertz boost over the older Ryzen 7 3800X. And at the, uh, for the Ryzen 5 3600 XT 249, uh, about 100 megahertz more boost. The base clocks are the same. The TDPs are the same in all these parts. Um, they do hold. This is one thing AMD has said. Look, these parts will hold their boost residency a lot better than the previous parts because they are better dies. They will hold higher clocks, slightly higher clocks better than the previous parts. Um, I think uh, definitely I've seen proof of that in the reviews that came out today. But, you know, the thing that sort of kills it for a lot of people is uh, $499, and you can get the $499 for the 3900 XT, and you can get the 3900X for $430 on Newegg, yeah. $425 on Amazon. and It was down to 410 at one point over the last couple of months. Yeah, and what is it? I'm going to move my green screen a little bit here. And uh, the Ryzen 7 3800X on Newegg is 320 and the 225 for the Ryzen 5. And, of course, the thing that kind of sticks in some people's crawl is both of the high-end parts, the 3800, the 3900X, both the X parts come with coolers, pretty decent stock cooler. The new parts don't because... You're buying these things to overclock anyway. What the hell do we, you know, we're not just send it to landfill or sit on a shelf. Why do that? So, so it sounds like pretty much what we guessed back when they announced these things all came to fruition. The, yeah, it looks like they overclock better because they're, you know, higher quality silicon and the higher price point mixed with the lack of a CPU cooler makes it much less uh, of a value of a desirable thing. Yeah, and I think you know some people. Um, Steve Steve Burke over at Gamers Nexus was saying he thought this was essentially to push Ryzen prices back up, to because they wanted. And I think Steve Walden at uh, at uh, Hardware Unbox as well said this is really just increase ASPs, the average selling price. They just want the prices to be higher. They want more money, a little take a little profit, take a little more profits here because that. Those, that stock heatsink costs, you know, could be 20 bucks, 15 bucks in the volume they're buying them. That's that's money in AMD's pockets, so why do that? Um, and I think that sort of contributed to the overall, eh, why bother with these parts? I think, I still, in my mind, it's a little, I mean, it's a little harsh because the old parts will stick around. So mm-hmm. the, these these CPUs, these new XTs compete with the X parts, the 3900X, the 3800X, the 3600X. They're going to stick around. They're going to come with the heat sinks. They're going to be a decent amount cheaper, so you can still buy those chips. But for people who really want to tinker, who really are, you know, intending to overclock these, who want to get in there and mess with it, then yeah, you're you're paying you're paying uh, extra to get, you know better die right it's almost like yeah. a silicon lottery but ex- exact you know what a silicon lottery does but this is from amd we're going to send you better dies these are pretty good chips um so 
yeah, there's a premium for that. Why not do it? It's not going to really hurt anybody because you still have the old parts there. Mm-hmm. But for somebody who wants, you know, like a, it's like a KS part. Then the KS was a was a better chip. You know, did it did it change things? Not really. But you know, hey, it's that's out there for people who kind of wanted it. So I don't I don't think I I probably would not have been as harsh on it personally. But um, yeah, you definitely you don't need to buy. Uh, if you have a 3900X, you definitely don't want to buy an XT, and AMD's never said that anyway. But, yeah, you know, it is what it is, right? I mean, you want basically the best die there is because you intend to overclock it, then it's probably worth paying for it. I find it interesting that they include a stock cooler with the 3600XT, but not the others. It makes sense because it's the more mainstream price, but... yeah. And it's not that bad if you look at it because 250 versus 230 for the 3900X, if you were going to buy that part anyway, I, I don't mm-hmm. think it's too bad at that part. Mm-hmm. Um, some would say, why even bother with the X? You should just go ahead and it's a waste of money. You should buy the 3600 anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but I, I really think people don't realize they really underestimate this internet, everybody, all the forms. The vast majority of people who buy K parts, the vast majority who buy XT parts, they don't overclock at all, ever. That chip will never see anything out of spec. But when you're buying it, and it's like, you know what, 20 more dollars, and I get an X on the back of my CPU. Now, for this, I get an XT. For a lot of people, that has a lot of value, even if you're never going to use it, right? That's just that's just the way we are as humans. People aren't that practical. They're not going to sit down and watch all the YouTube videos and read every single review to tell them, you don't need to buy it. And then when you overbuy, everybody does it. Everybody goes to the store. It's like, well, maybe I need that one feature. My, I went to buy a washer. This is my example. I went to buy a washer. It has a steam cycle on it. I've never used that steam cycle in <laughs> my entire life because I didn't know a damn thing about a washer, but it's like, yeah, it's a steam cycle. It's like you buy a, a toaster oven now. They have like a, don't they have like a steam cook or something like that? And they have air frying like, oh man, we bought our new toaster oven. It's like, oh, I wish I had the air fryer option. You just like, <laughs> So yeah. really a lot of people just buy just because it's got that fancy thing. And I think that's, there's just a lot of things. It was, yeah, hey, we're going to take some profits. Two, we're going to sell you better dies. And, you know, OEMs, PC builders, you're selling against 10th gen. That's that's one generation newer than, than 9th gen. I got to have something new. Hey, XT. I, better I, uh, also, oh, sorry, the, go ahead, Ed. Man, I'm... This camera is not focusing on me. Uh, Dem Demusent ten over on uh, Twitch says plus the media. It gets the media talking about AMD again. Uh, also, the a, a question from YouTube. Oh no, I lost it. Oh, uh, confirmed SK. Well, it's not a question, but I'm making it a question. Uh, do you okay. think? Do you think with these new prices that they're setting the MSRP for Ryzen four thousand series? Like, could this be a jump to say, hey, you know what, the, the next series is going to be a little more expensive? So setting that precedent already. Yeah, and that kind of plays into um, what Steve at Gamers Nexus says. Hey, we charge this much for the XT. If when we come out with our new chip and it's the Ryzen 4000 4900 XT, uh, it's going to be, the, if it's the same price, you won't feel as bad, right? So... And Lisa Sue put out a video today talking about these, and she reconfirmed that, yes, you know, we're still on pace for next-gen Ryzen to launch this year, so. Yeah, so I, I just sort of think, like, I know a lot of people are like, why bother? You're wasting my time, AMD. But look, they, they've had these parts basically planned in case Intel's Comet Lake was more of a threat. 
it wasn't the, you know, it didn't change really the landscape of things. They got these parts anyway. You might as well sell them because they've yeah. got the 4,000 parts coming out. What do you do? You just like make them go away. You can't really mix them in here. If they just taken these parts with the better dies and mix them in out there, then you would have had people say, Hey, look at this, this, this new silicon. I just bought a new 3900X. I got the new silicon. It's, it's running at higher clocks, you know. Then people are upset suddenly, like, oh, my 3900X, I only got to this clock, but your 3900X, so I, I think, why not do it? There really, there's, there's really no loss for them, so. I, the interesting I think- part to me that kind of plays into all that is uh, if you look at uh, the price of the non-XT, like the standard processors, over the last few weeks, they've been slowly creeping up ahead of this launch, too, so it kind of rises the entire boat all the boats you know i'm mixing up my metaphors there i'm messing that up bad but you get the idea that the prices have gone up across the board you know just a bit so i mean i hope that's a good sign because managing supply chain is something intel has been a master of you you notice like hey the day kb lake came out <laughs> good luck finding sky lake it was like they had just run all those parts out and like you could not buy them retail practically right and mm-hmm. like every time there's a new cpu launch from intel in the past, it hasn't been quite the same now because they have real competition, but the old parts vanish and you have the new part only. And that is a situation that is generally better for the, the, the chip suppliers. You don't want to have like people out there going, well, hell, I'm going to buy this 2700X that's like $70, right? And that kind of like, you'd rather have them buy the 3700X instead of a 2700X because you're making more money from it. And you got all these old parts that really kind of screws things up. I I don't want to go too far into it because we spent plenty of time talking about it when these were announced. But I personally am bummed that they don't include the Wraith coolers. I am a firm believer in every CPU, including Intel's K-series, should come with a cooler. I know there's a bunch of debates about that, environmentally friendly, etc., etc. I think what you need to run it should be in the box. So I just wanted to say that out loud again since we're talking about the actual reviews. No, I hear you, Brad. I, I understand there are a lot of people who will run the stock cooler, but... As you were saying, most people don't overclock, so... Most people don't overclock, and you really, for for Intel, for Intel particularly, because they have a tougher time because their chips run hotter, they'd have to call a really expensive cooler, right? So it really is going to push the price up. And, you know, if you're buying a 9900K SK part, you're, you're going to go aftermarket. You're going to go CLC. You're, you're just not going to, you're not going to do it. And I always thought people were <clears throat> maybe unduly harsh on Intel for not doing it because it made sense at certain parts. Uh, definitely for, you know, a, a Core i5, it made sense to have a stock part, but at the high end, it's okay to not have it. And again, I respectfully I, disagree. I see where you're coming from, however. No, but I also think I want to make sure people understand that everything has cost. They have cost. And also, I also don't think people should be like all AMD apologists and say, well, it's okay that they took this away because, you know, nobody used it anyway. Well, you should actually knock them for, if you knocked Intel for not having it, you can't now give AMD a pass for not having it. So I I think that is a reason to, um, to say you should have had a stock cooler. So I'm, 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 Intrigued that they did release these because to me, like the 9900KS, it was super. It was the same with the 8086. Uh, 
Like in that case, you were taking the fastest gaming processor, fastest clocked processor you can buy and getting even faster. In this yeah. case, it still doesn't bump it up to, you know, beat the 10900K or whatever. Oh, and, you know, it's cohorts. Yeah. So it seems kind of like a, eh, like, I don't know. I'm, I, I think it was Paul Alcorn who said it was underwhelming. And that's kind of what I feel the same way. It's like, the 9900K has to be like, all right, now I'm definitely getting five gigahertz on all clocks. You know, I'm going to be screaming in games for this. It's like, yeah, they're a little bit faster. And he showed that in games, it really didn't even make much of a difference. Yeah. AMD's own guidance at stock was, you know, one to 2% if that, mm-hmm. um, I mean, like one frame a second in some of the tests, you know, there are, but you know, overall it does now I kind of like wish I had tested it and I feel terrible now, but it's sort of like a lot of people were, would say that mid range, you know, where you're not basically super one thread and max threads sort of on mm-hmm. that mid range loads. Cause it's going to high, the better dies is, is going to run at a lower temp. It's going to hold higher clocks. Generally you might get a little more performance there. So maybe I will actually have to spin this thing up. Um, so yeah, but I mean, it's not gonna even even though it's not gonna like make a huge difference. We're not like we're not talking twelve percent difference, right? It's not like not a game changer at at, at any point. So and that's yeah, why I think that's why I I don't necessarily think I think some of it could be what you're saying. People going like, hey, we've been so nice to AMD. This is their first time coming out with something that's meh. You know, we'll shout it out a little bit. Uh, Hopefully, you know, everybody is taking each product on its own terms. That's the way I like to review things. But uh to me, it just looks like eh, an okay part. And that's what it is. You get threes and 3.5s out of five across the board from what I've seen in general. Just eh, all right. Yeah, generally think- it's, yeah, it's it's expensive. It's It's hard to justify paying the extra expense. I think most people would agree. Most reviewers would have agreed. So that's pretty much it. I mean, it just sort of, but I mean, I think the thing that's fair is those older parts aren't going away. Yeah. Um, if I were named the investor, you might go like, well, I kind of wish those old parts would go away because I'd like to see people pay more for the CPUs. Yep. But as a consumer, you don't really lose anything here. Yeah. As a viewer, it sucks because you got to test everything and it was for marginal differences um, at stock performance. Some people did definitely get you know, decent overclocking, but AMD parts have never been, you know, super high overclockable parts. So mm-hmm. it didn't really change anything. It was, yeah, I mean, it's, ah, uh, you know. I'm always, I'm always a fan. I'm glad they are leaving the older parts still around, uh, as you were saying. But I'm always a fan just for components like this, like nitty gritty components of having more options. Like some people dump on Intel having such a broad CPU base. I think that's great. And I think it's great to have more options here. Like, if you are the kind of person who is going to use all those threads to render videos or whatever, and you want the extra performance, you can spend your money and buy it now. And I'm I'm always in favor of more options. Yeah. Yeah. So. But, yeah, pretty much, eh, eh, <laughs> you know, that's a good part. I mean, yeah, you're buying a new PC, maybe if it's, like, not a cost, if, it, if it's not a huge cost adder, if it's, if you're looking at, like, 25 bucks, 30 bucks on a, because the price is sort of, you know, um, built into the price of the computer, then yeah, hell yeah, I'd go for the XT over non-X. It's going to come with a cooler anyway, so what does it matter? So maybe for pre-built, it's better, you know, but Mm -hmm. as a DIY person, you know, unless you're going to really tune it, then 
You know, it is what well, it we've is. Ta- right? We've talked about uh, how I still have first gen Ryzen in my personal system, and uh, I, I'm planning on upgrading to third gen Ryzen at some point. Uh, this is very intriguing to me because I already have a cooler. I already am just looking to take advantage of that AM4 upgrade path. So this is probably more likely to be the kind of chip that I'm going. I'm going to go and spend to get the best chip that I can because it's going to be the end of the upgrade path for me. So I'm I'm glad it exists. Yeah, and the prices, of course, are you know expected retail parts, but mm-hmm. it could come down a little bit. It will. AMD prices always do. But that gets difficult because then you you can't have these XT parts come down where it's you know twenty bucks over the price of an X part. Then it's like, well, then it really does get really kind of messy there because you well, still that would still be have- good for AMD's profit margins though, because if they're selling these for twenty bucks more and they don't have a cooler in there, then they're making a lot more money per chip probably. Yeah, no, and people get the choice, so there's definitely more choice for consumers, but there's, and there's, it makes it a little messy for people buying it. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, choice is better, right? It's better to have more options. Sometimes it can be a little too messy. There's probably still, you know, first gen Ryzen's out there too, right? So mm-hmm. those, where are they going to go? Those parts are probably never going to go anywhere. So, yeah, but yeah, it is what it is, right? I mean, you know. Yeah. yeah, cool. I mean, they were great chips. This is like a little bit more than the previous chips. So, if you're gonna skip testing chips, these look like you picked the right ones. I know, but now I'm kind of like, I really do wonder. Well, you know, well, uh, I I do think you know, but again, you know, they, you know, if they had these parts, they were gonna launch against Comet Lake. Why not do it anyway? Because they have they have the next gen parts coming out anyway. So what the hell? Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. you know. Uh, we, we got a question from Liquid R on on Twitch. Uh, he's asking, uh, would opinion, do you think opinions would change if the price difference was fifty dollars? Like they they brought it down to only fifty dollars over the uh, the other parts. I don't think so because a lot of the factor is no stock cooler, which a lot of people probably value at maybe twenty five bucks, maybe. So, yeah. No matter what you. You'd have to pay for the difference in the CPU, plus you're getting the cooler. A lot of people are just going to default go with the X, except for people who buy pre-built systems and people who want the T. It's one more letter. To be honest, we live in a world where people want that extra letter. So That's the reason that uh, they wound up rolling out those Radeon cards, uh, like the 580X, that you could only buy in pre-builds. And the only difference in them was they had the most current version of Radeon software. It's because having a newer number sell systems for pre-built systems so yep yep uh also uh what, what have you heard about uh motherboards keith says uh keith our friend from the show from wccf tech says good luck finding a board for sale to put it in <laughs> i don't know what's up with that shortage i haven't really kind of poked around but i imagine it's just everything it just backed up supplies and also Demand is insane. Everybody wants. I've talked to people that have said, "Yeah, it's like every day is Black Friday if you sell computer components right now." So everybody <laughs> wants everything. So it's real hard to find B four fifty two. Like you, you can't even go back and find. Like, all right, fine. I don't need PCI four. I'll, I'll get B four fifty. Those are hard to find as well. Yeah. No, it's it's a terrible situation for a buyer. It's a great situation for sellers. So, mm. but. They got to eat too, so let them 
make a little money once in a while. <laughs> well, speaking of making money, I, I guess uh, Microsoft made some money recently, huh? Yes, I. That's actually a really interesting topic. I, if you don't know, have bagged on Brad and Elena. I think Adam too. They always, when they buy their Windows 10 licenses for any build off we do. <laughs> Usually I will factor in the actual price of buying Windows 10, you know, on Newegg or Amazon, about a hundred bucks, about a hundred bucks. They always, in part of their builds, will use the Windows 10 license that you buy from some guy that you whisper to in the alley. Then you go through the doorway that leads through another alley. And then this guy looks around and pulls out from his trench coat that license key and gives it to them. And they'll say, it's perfectly legit to buy a Windows 10 Pro license. Not true, Gordon. Not true. Twelve dollars. Not true. Twelve dollars. Sometimes, sometimes we don't even include the license. We just say, "Hey, we, <laughs> we might, we might game for you know three months uh, without a, a valid license." Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, clearly Microsoft is not enforcing uh, licensing like they used to. They used to be a lot. Um, they really wanted to make a lot more money off of DIY and uh, and people but i still think if someone is selling a windows 10 pro license for 12 dollars it's usually 20 yeah it's usually 20 the provenance <laughs> the provenance of that key is questionable and actually i bought one many many like a year ago i should see if that key works because one of the issues i had was like yeah that key worked when you did the first install but my fear is you go back to do a reinstall later on. It's like, oh, this was a volume license key mm -hmm. that somebody abused and that volume license key has been turned off. So know that now that key is out, doesn't work anymore. A lot of these companies are actually interestingly still in business. We'll say, oh, no problem. We'll give you a new key that will fix that. Bit of a headache, but it just makes you wonder like, what? Why? If this was a valid key, why would it get turned off? So... Wait, but Gordon, but, what, what changed your mind? Why'd you go ahead and do it then? Well, so we had a deal, PC World, which I learned about from Kerry Holzman from watching his YouTube channel. <laughs> there, was this, there was a really good deal on Windows 10 Pro through somebody that I at first was like, whoa, this is this legit? And it's like, well, it's through this outfit called PC World. It's like, well, that doesn't mean anything. Let me check this out. And the outfit that was selling the keys, we should drop a key. We should drop it in there, and we should for people. Yeah, the, to know. the the links in the chat, and I put it in the description. So if you want to check out the deal for yourself, uh, there's a link. And I looked into it, and this company has basically been around for 20 years. It's it's a European reseller of of I guess maybe hardware and you know keys, gray market keys, as you might want to call it from like from Dell or they sold things from from Dell before, but these are legitimate Windows 10 Pro licenses for 40 bucks a piece. That's you know? Yeah. So I figured this company's been around for 20 years. The provenance of this is pretty good. I've got some builds I want to do. I may have some machines I have to upgrade. You know, you can actually do an upgrade on a home to a Pro key. What What the hell? 40 bucks? I bought four of them. Wait, wait, phone. but but Gordon, and that's like the cost of one key. Normally, isn't window? What's Windows 10 Pro normally? Oh is it 200 bucks these days? It's like 180 if you did mm -hmm. it sort of you know legit from you know a full retail value about 180. So this was four keys for 120 dollars. 
Um, it was through PayPal, I, you know, and I was like, I sent it off. I was like, wait, where's the keys? And yeah, actually, they were really backed up because they were slammed. But, like, I got them. I haven't tried the keys yet, but, you know, I, I sort of think, like, they've been around so long. This is this is legit, not like, again, how Brad buys them. Wait, is, wait, wait, wait. Know, but Gordon, you... This is Cousin Vinny. How, how, how is this different than ha- than these other uh, it's, resellers? Uh, just, it's very just different. This is... This is we don't know too much about this is like the business side of stuff and we genuinely don't have much insight into that but they handled their stuff and they validated this supplier and stuff like that everything gordon was just talking about whereas opposed to something like kingwin which is where we usually talk about getting the the keys it's basically like ebay uh for software so it's just people selling stuff via themselves it's like the amazon marketplace of keys so this is you know, coming from an established vendor, vetted through us, you pay it, you buy it, etc. As opposed to, hey, it's eBay for software, which is what Kingwin basically is. Yeah, okay. and the thing that's, is, that's a good description. Thank you. And to be fair to to Kingwin and and vendors like it, they've been around for a while too. It's not yeah. like they've just like pulled up stakes and vanished, and suddenly you can't get a replacement key. But you know, for me, it's just like it just seems like well, twenty bucks just seems way too good of a deal. You know, I'm not going to do the Elena route. I'm not even should I even mention the Elena route because she's not here to defend yeah, she, herself. She's not here to defend herself. Let's she, she had a headache because she did not want to listen to me complain about how she gets keys. <laughs> she, in order to get her low cost Windows and uh, Adobe keys, goes full on Twenty One Jump Street. Like she will like sign up to go to community college, like dress up. Like I don't even know. She probably has to study the internet to see how like young people dress and what they wear and how they talk <laughs> just to go to these classes so she can get her low cost key. Right. I mean, it's just like, well, I'm she, not going to go she's, full she's on 21 jump street. She, she said not, not low cost, no cost. <laughs> well, I know, but like your time has a value and you having to sound and look like, you know, a 20 year old or a 19 year old. I'm not, they're not going to fall for it. I'm not going to like go into, to a college class and say, Hey, what's going on today? Who wants to go to the quad and, and get some coffee? You know, I, hey, no, fellow not, kids. Hey, fellow kids. I'm also a young person like you. Uh, uh, Elena says she's, she's also learning German at the same time. So I, uh, Boom. I, uh, I'm going to the Miley Cirrus concert is anybody going <laughs> i really think taylor swift is awesome how, how about you Can you imagine that they'd be like what's up with you old man what the hell uh, hey man funny. this guy's in here trying to get low cost no cost windows and adult <laughs> how do we report them i, I just no that's just way too it's like you got to go full-on 21 jump street it's just like no it's not they're not gonna fall for it this this deal though uh, was super popular to the extent that they actually managed to get some more and keep it going for a couple more weeks. So if you missed out so far, now's a good time. We're not trying to plug our stuff. Like we have deal posts and stuff all the time on the site that most of us have nothing to do with. Yeah, this how, is just actually we... a genuinely good deal, and so it was enough to convince Gordon to buy cheap windows. So cool. we figured it'd be worth pointing out because y'all would want to hear about it. No, you, you guys are just company men. You're just trying to <laughs> hawk this PC world stuff, you know, so you can get money in your pockets. Like then I can I afford know. a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> no, but really a serious question. Like, why, you know, why, uh, why should we trust PC World on this? Uh, you know, how do we know that, that we're not just trying to, to hawk these, uh, these keys and maybe they're not legit? Well, I mean, that, it's older than I am. <laughs> that's why it's, it's the company, you know, I was looking at it and, you know, again, they've been around for a long time. I, again, you never know the provenance of these until, but I, I just sort of think like, yeah, they've been around for a while. So I, I think the, the, it's definitely more legit as, you know, a company that's been in business that sells these things. Um, so I felt pretty comfortable burning, you know, I'm one of those suckers that gets in the greed factor, like greed factor where it's like, okay, this, like it, it, it tilted enough because association with, you know, a company that's been doing it for a long time from like, okay, I'm going to buy, I mean, you know, it's like, you know, you might buy one. It's like, I'm going to buy four because who knows, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I will say, and the thing is the $20 keys don't trigger me to do the, because I always, I'm just naturally like, eh, that's way too good of a deal for some reason. 40 is like, for some reason, did it for me for a pro key, you know? So I don't know. I mean, again, nobody knows, right? But I'm going to think they've been around for a while. I'm going to hope the business side of, of our company is is doing their their homework. So I definitely think so. Yeah. But I for for more conservative buyers like me who would not buy it from, you know, my cousin Vinny, then... It seemed it seemed safe enough, you know. Like sometimes you like go into the store and like, whoa, that's a hell of a good price, right? Somebody got like a Radeon Seven for like what two hundred dollars, <laughs> and it was like, what? I would buy a Radeon Seven for two hundred dollars, right? Because it's just like that's that's like a hell of a price. So, uh, and and like Gordon said, we I mean we don't uh, like we we didn't the editorial side of PC world did not set this deal up. This had nothing to do with us. So we, we were just surprised just as surprised as everybody else to see the deal. And then, uh, <laughs> and then Gordon went looking into it. We, uh, Dominic Wong's actually asking a question, uh, on YouTube. Where is this company registered at? Did you, did you see that? Happen to see that? I think they're out of Germany, if I believe, but you can, I'm... Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, uh, I just do more due diligence. It was enough for me to roll the dice because, you know, again, if, again, I got, you know, four keys. I think it, it was worth it for me. And I, I, there's, you always wonder, you know, but, you know, again, to be fair, like I've said earlier, to be fair to King when all the sites, I, I have read people who's read reports from people said if they have a problem with their key deactivated, that King win will give them another key. To I never me, had that, one have an issue. Yeah. And there's people that never had problems too. So that, that is also a thing, but for me, a little more conservative. Plus, all the trash I've talked about Brad and Elena doing this, that I couldn't do it anyway, even if, if I wanted to. I'm on to you. You're just stashing these for future builds. That's what I was just going to say, because I, I, I bought a couple myself, too. Uh, does that mean does that mean we can just burn these on future builds and be like, oh, hey, you know what? I'm going to use that one key that, uh, that I had gotten on the deal. No, because, you know, $40 is still enough. It's for a real a real bill that I'm, I'm that will run forever. I wouldn't like burn one just to burn one because you know, windows 10 is great. Cause you can run it. You can do all your testing in, in windows 10 trial mode generally. Yeah. So I'm actually, I'm thinking about picking up a key myself because I have standard windows home on my system and I'm fine with it. I don't need anything else, but I really, really like, I think it was last year they introduced uh, windows sandbox. Yeah. So basically you run windows within windows. 
And so that way you can check out sketchy sites or emails or stuff like that. And then just be like, nope. So it's basically, you know, like virtual box without out of the headache. So I'm thinking about picking it up one, just so I have full blown windows 10 pro and two specifically. So I can use that for those sketchy ass emails. Like my cousin sends me and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, no, there it's actually really cool. I've tried that feature out. The only problem is that on my service provider, it kicked off a double net error message and then it would no longer work so i had to uh, it was it was a nightmare to get out of it but it was just my stupid service provider that i had to fix on the router hmm. so bottom line is gordon is now on the cheap windows band i am not on go. the cheap <laughs> windows bandwagon we, we did that's it. the thing how many years I, I am you know again that that threat it met the threshold it, you know it felt real enough for me to 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 burn money on it real money i paid my own money for it mm-hmm. There are people who buy them on eBay for $5 and that I'm just kind of like, eh, I just don't, I don't know. Right. I just, to me, that's, that is definitely a, sometimes you may get a, a box with a brick in it. So well, Gordon, I'll, I'll sell you this box for $60. It makes it even more legit. <laughs> you buy from me, <laughs> but a uh, uh, good, good last question before we move on to some questions from the chat uh dennis siberian uh is asking can you explain in plain words what the difference between pro and home versions of windows 10 are because actually i don't even know personally uh like the the mentions like what brad mentioned a lot of the the cooler features um you can do the virtualization there's um, more there. they've really yeah, BitLocker is supported, although it is supported in Home too. But you know, there's there's a lot of really you know fine things that are a little more corporate focused, a little more security focused. Windows 10 for most people does everything you need, and they used to have sort of limits on you know core count, thread count, but that's got away to not Home. Oh, is it? No, it never do- has been. You just made me like what? And I Google, it's not on my system. It never had been. So I, I think it, I'm pretty sure BitLocker is Windows 10 Pro exclusive, just like you know Hyper V. Windows well, sandbox. yeah, the Windows Sandbox Hyper-V, but you can, like, I can check on a Windows 10 Home a lot. Most of the laptops that are running Home will still enable um, BitLocker. It may be a different level or a different hardware support, but okay. I believe BitLocker is supported in Windows 10 Home. Yeah, well, ch- chat saying that you can open BitLocker drives. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll have to look because I swear I'm running a Surface... Oh god, that thing was horrible. A Surface Three, the Atom based one, and I enabled BitLocker on it, and it took like twelve days to 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 run. <laughs> so it was... But yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's mostly security stuff like that. It's uh, BitLocker is a big one, which is encryption, because I don't think we've said that out loud yet. Uh, Windows Sandbox, like I said, is the one that really intrigues me. I think that's interesting. Uh, if you want to use Edge, it has called it's called like Windows. It's WDAG. I forget what it stands for, but it's basically like a super sandbox for Edge, but you got to use Edge. Uh, stuff like that, Hyper-V. If, but more, it's just like you get the full featured, everything Windows offers for 40 bucks, which is $60 less than Windows normally costs for the basic version. Yeah. So, yeah, so the, the, the I mean, there's plenty of other things. The, the chat's definitely going through some of them. Uh but okay. yeah, I mean, it's it's just mostly an, an opened up version of Windows. Uh, yeah, personally, I've, I've never stuff, needed, but stuff. You know, yeah, uh, for the most part, you don't. But that's why the the virtualization is actually a pretty neat feature for people. 
and an interesting one from uh, my f- longtime friend uh, Dimmer. I've known him for years. Uh, he says the he thinks the the biggest uh, difference is Windows 10 Home can't join a domain. So that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not as relevant for us at home, but <laughs> nice. Worth noting. Yeah. Yeah. There's some cool features in it. So, and if I understand it, and I really have to find out. These are supposedly retail keys. You know, of course, that line has gotten really blurry and I haven't looked, but I, I think it should allow you to move it. You know, typically OEM keys technically die with the motherboard. They're tied to the motherboard. But, you know, Microsoft really doesn't care anymore. anymore. They let you generally reactivate it. So, um, But as I understand it, these are retail keys. So Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be a single PC retail key. Yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, never mind. <laughs> no. What are you yeah. buying right now? <laughs> I'm, I'm looking over the, I'm looking over the site. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, do we want to hop on over to some, uh, general questions? Yeah, yeah. We, we got some really, really good ones, uh, queued up this week. So if you wanna... like the questions last week, can we get one of those with us in here? One of these times I want to talk about fried chicken and waffles. Oh, food, food questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brad can answer all the, the irrelevant food questions for damn sure. Um, so if you want to get your questions in at any time during the week, uh, the best place to do it is over on the folder discord. There's a link to it in the chat. Uh, we have a, a channel in there that you can drop them in and then we'll get to them on the show. Uh, or you can just at me, uh, in the live chat right now. Uh, so a couple of other ones from the chat, uh, Dennis Siberian, who, asked a ton of great questions. I actually got a couple more lined up here. Uh, he asked earlier, do you think AMD will ever make their own x86 alternative to ARM like Intel did with Lakefield? I'm sorry, say that again. You mean, so an ultra low power x86 chip? chip? Uh, AMD's actually made yeah. that in the past. Yeah. Uh, AMD's actually made that in the past and Robert Halleck threw, threw it in my face. <laughs> he said, you know, Gordon, you talk a lot of trash about those those cores. That is the most profitable core AMD's ever made. <laughs> so the those low, are, right? Those it's yeah, essentially a derivative, right? They're all sort of like derivative of that horrible atom like performance, low power, terrible chip. Gordon, we made the most money off of that than anything. So in your face <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, could they, you think uh, AMD will wind up stacking chips like like Intel's doing there? I I don't know. You know, it's interesting because I mean the whole Lakefield thing that they're doing with the the what Foveros and the the, mm-hmm. the stacking technology. It's so interesting to me because I swear to God, like this is conversations I had when they first came out with Core and the original Marome is it like, CPUs for laptops. That eventually would become, you know, all, all core derivatives. They were like, yeah, that whole big little thing that ARM is doing, that's just trash. That's just trash. Yeah. What way we're doing it, we just ramp clocks as you need it. It's the way to go. Um, and now, of course, it, they are now eating their own words by sort of stacking, you know, big, big cores and little cores. Um, do I think AMD will eventually go there? I think if it is the future, that makes sense. Yeah. But, you know, we'll have to see, you know, all of this is Intel creating a CPU to enable new form factors because, you know, um, the war with tablets has never ended, really, even though it feels like the PC 
crushed tablets in the end. But it's not over because, you know, it's not over and new mobile form factors with the folding devices and the, and, and all that crazy ultra mobile stuff. That's, that's going to keep going. So they're trying to see if there's any place for the PC to, to attack tablets any further. So I think it makes sense. And, you know, Intel has the money and technology to do that. Uh, AMD doesn't necessarily. So I, I can't see them doing it right now because it's unproven ground. Right yeah. now, they got to stick to laptops. They got to stick to servers, data center, and desktops. That's that's where the money's at right now for x86. And it's unrelated to AMD, but if you're interested in learning more about uh, Intel's Lakefield chip, uh, Ian Cutchers over at Anantech, Anantech, uh did a really, really excellent, super deep dive piece over the past week, and I highly recommend you go read it if you're interested at all. Nice. Yeah, you know what I think is interesting? The most interesting thing about... Lakefield and, you know, again, I'm a professional button pusher. I, I create bar charts for a living. <laughs> don't, don't buy into the performance charts immediately. I, I would think any, anybody trying to draw conclusions on what we're seeing in this first generation of products, looking at performance using performance tools for how we test laptops that will do very different things and desktops. That's the wrong way to go. That, and I know people really like to kick Intel's butt for this, but the things you're going to do on these folding computers, come on. You're going to open it up. You're going to launch a browser. You're going to look at your email. You're going to fire up a browser. You are unlikely to fire up Photoshop, right? I mean, like full-blown Photoshop. You might use some Windows Store optimized, you know, low-ambition photo editor that you can you can use, but this is, this will be a new experience for the PC that I think if we apply the metrics that we use now to it, I think it's a disservice to the form factor because, you know, it's, it's simply wrong. But yeah, if we were going to walk ourselves into Adam all over again, where it just simply sucked all the time, then that's mm-hmm. bad. But let's, let's hope this is, let's hope this is better. You know, that's always been my argument for Chromebooks, and you give me crap about that, that for what a lot of people just do for Chromebooks is exactly what you're saying right now about this chip no i i agree Which I think with is good i i actually i'm i'm a big supporter of chromebooks i think they are the right tool for the right job mm-hmm. and you can surprisingly do an awful lot and they're all atom-based and you can really do a lot when you have a very limited feature set in the os right mm-hmm. so they they are amazingly responsive for what they are definitely core class chromebooks are much better but most of the time you're not doing that in a Chromebook. You're just, you're just not. Yep. So if you sort of, if you sort of take the Apple strategy of this area under construction, so you can't go there. So <laughs> you're fine with it. So mm-hmm. I think that's, that's what we're going to see with the new version of windows. That's what we're going to probably see with these new foldable devices. So does it mean AMD has to go there yet? No, you know, AMD is like, you know what? You get your nose bloody figuring this out. We'll do it when it makes sense, if it even works out. It's like uh, ray tracing. Mm-hmm. NVIDIA's had his nose punched in for two years now over ray tracing. Mm-hmm. AMD really didn't have to rush in there immediately to have it from day one. But as long as they have something when it becomes relevant, that's for them is good, you know. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I muted myself. Uh, oh. So I, I do want to... Um, 
uh, I, I totally forgot to to address this earlier, but I, I do want to touch on something that we talked about a couple weeks ago. I when when we had the news about um, AMD dropping Intel, you know, I, I was pretty. I felt pretty negative on it at the time, uh, but I've Apple I've, dropping Intel. I'm sorry, Apple. What did I say? AMD. Uh, you said AMD. <laughs> AMD dropping Intel. Yeah, they've done that a while ago. <laughs> uh, Apple dropping Intel for their own chips. Uh, you know, I, I started to watch some videos, and and now I think I understand a little bit more about why you know uh, people think that that Apple is going to succeed here. And at, at the end of the day, I actually feel better about it because competition i think this will breed more competition and hey if apple maybe gets to a space where they are successful in what they're doing you know maybe it will force other people to think outside the box so hey good on them will it work we we don't know but if anything it might get people to to think outside the box and and try different form factors different kinds of computing aspects and and whatnot so I mean, Apple drove things forward with the Mac Mini and the MacBook form factors. So this would just be the same thing on the internal side. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I again, I think I've said Apple would, will succeed through sheer, you know, multi-billions of dollars that they have and the willpower and the talent and everything. They got it all. They got the money to pay for things forever. They will make it succeed for what it is. But my problem, and here's where I always push back on this is you get somebody that's going to get the, the developer box. They're going to run one benchmark. They're going to run Geekbench. They're going to run that benchmark on a MacBook Pro 16, and they go, oh, my God, it's every bit as fast as this MacBook Pro 16. That is just one metric. Geekbench is highly optimized. They tend to also highly optimize for hardware, especially Apple hardware. If they have hardware encryption in Apple, they take advantage of it so your score is through the roof. If that hardware encryption is not supported on that MacBook Pro, the score doesn't go through the roof, right? If you're going to do a comparison to MacBook Pro versus whatever the new thing is, it's got to be running the exact same thing. It can't be just simply, well, if you run the iPad video editing app, editing 4K video, it's awesome. I'm going to compare that to running Premiere on the MacBook Pro. That's to me. It's just like it's like running, uh, uh, what are Final Cut versus Premiere Pro? You, what what exactly? All the only thing you determine is that the Apple runs uh, Final Cut Pro really well. It doesn't run Premiere that well. It doesn't really tell you how well it runs Premiere Pro or Final Cut Pro. So we are going to see months and months and months of people saying. Apple's A whatever Z is faster than x86. Look, you want to go off on your island? Go to your island. Do whatever you want. Build your walls. Put the machine guns on the wall. Put some gardens inside. Be happy, but stop trying to compare yourself to the PC. You are now effectively decoupled yourself from the the trajectory of the PC. You're going to go off on your own. Apple will be every your entire world. And that's fine because that's what you want. But don't then try to go like, oh, my God, look. Look, this XPS 17 with the the Ryzen 5000 and the GeForce 12000 is don't, – don't even try to do those comparisons. It's it's a different tool at this point. So don't don't even bother. I, they'll succeed because it will be a different thing. And don't get in our grill about saying, ooh, you're faster because I ran Geekbench. And look at this one score – 
It's faster. That doesn't, that, that's not going to truck. It's not going to truck with me. Yeah, well said, well said. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on, another great question from Dennis Siberian. Uh, is it worth it to buy old Xeons, or are their reign finally over? Gordon, as a Xeon user. I think the value is is still there because you, you well, you know, I obviously it's like, you know, the, the reason by, why a consumer would buy Xeon is because, especially if you bought them on eBay, it's like, holy smokes, I can get, 12 cores for like nothing or eight cores for nothing. That is not the same message it was with Ryzen now because Ryzen is, has really sort of changed the cost per core. Uh, Xeons, I think are still good, especially if you want ECC and all that sort of high end server stuff. But my issue with buying a Xeon in this day and age is you may or may not get uh, security updates for the motherboard, especially if it's an older, older Xeon. So if you're not getting the latest, you know, UFIs for that motherboard or BIOS, if it's that old, and you're really worried about security, you may never get it. So you may get it cheaper, but if you're worried about all the these kind of new attacks on a PC, that, that may not be the way you want to go. That's my, that's my only fear. But yeah, there's still, for sort of that cheap core count thing, there's still not bad parts, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I have nothing to add to that. That's I exactly agree with all of that. Nice. <laughs> uh, here's one from Demu Sent Ten uh, over on Twitch. Uh, has there been any word on X670 boards for the AMD 4000? I haven't even seen a rumor about those. Yeah, nothing that I've heard of. I mean, it makes sense to go to X670, but who knows? They could change it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean. They'll be here. <laughs> They're gonna when when the next gen parts come out, new motherboards will come out with it, and it's hard to envision what much what else they could add to it at this point until they do move forward to DDR5 and uh, PCIe5. But they'll be around. <laughs> yeah, and it feels like you know four thousand desktop parts. You know, there's there's somewhat dropping compatible with existing older boards. And, you know, they'll work with all the new current 5 Series. So um, I don't imagine they would immediately push out X670, especially, you know, DDR5 and PCIe 5. It's not going to be cheap, right? Mm-hmm. So I would think that's not going to come until next year. Yeah, AM5. At, that, at the earliest. Ryzen 5, AM5, DDR5. Yeah, I mean, right? That's just like, yeah, that's just all <laughs> they just announced. They just released 7 nanometer parts on 7.7 yet again. So, you know, they're into that kind of stuff. Well, it'll be like, please book May 5th. <laughs> like, I five, wonder what they're going to talk about there. <laughs> they just, I think that weirdest thing where they did that last launch at 7 nanometer was it should have been at 7 a.m., but they didn't. <laughs> should have been 777, seven, seven, well, right? It was 7 a.m. Yeah. somewhere, probably. Yeah, yeah in Colorado. Sure. It could have been that 7 a.m. in the middle of the ocean. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I got a couple of laptop questions. Um, I, Muhammad, is asking, uh, have you tried out the Asus Tough A15? I have not. That's what the Ryzen sort of budgety gaming laptop. I think I saw that. We saw that at uh, CES, but we have not tried it directly. You know, I imagine it's, you know, the CPU is awesome. GPU is a 1650. They generally don't push high-end GPUs in those budget laptops. And that's been sort of the problem with Ryzen is you don't see it paired up with high-end GPUs. So it is what it is, you know. 
Okay. Uh, the other laptop question is from uh, Shoot Him, Not Me. It says uh, he needs a new laptop for school, graphics heavy applications. Looking at the G- G5 or G7 in the Alienware M15 with a 2060 or 2070. Is the M15 so much more expensive for similar specs? Am I missing something? Like why? Before, why would... okay. before you dive, dive into that, I just want to say Hardware and Box did a couple of videos on the tough gaming A15 that whoever just asked that should go check out. So uh, the person asking between the G5 and the well G, G5 or G7 versus Alienware M15, why why is there that price bump up oh. to the Alienware with similar specs? Well, Oh, with similar specs. We're not talking about like AMD, the AMD G5 15 SE, which I'm currently testing. It's it's pretty awesome. Um, you're well. I'll tell you because I have the G5 AMD version. It's the performance is awesome, but it feels like it's a Pontiac, right? It just it's all it's very plasticky. There's no aluminum. I mean, it is an awesome amount of performance for the money, but yeah, yeah. If you if you want your laptop to feel like, oh, you know, this is this is nice every time you open it up, then yeah, you, the Alienware is going to get you that, and Alienware is going to have better cooling because it is primarily intended as a gaming laptop. It's, I don't know if they have really one to one on the actual uh, parts, but I'm going to guess the Alienware is going to, you know, you're going to get um, a monitor that goes to higher refresh, uh, and again. <laughs> As you know, go look at those videos we just did with Travis North of Dell. Thank you for doing that. Awesome vid- interviews. Laptops are not, this is the one thing that I think people are not getting. They see Core i7, they see Ryzen 7, they see RTX 2070. That doesn't mean squat if the cooling isn't good enough. So I can tell you, Dell is not going to put as good a cooling in the G5 or G7 as they are going to put into the Alienware because the Alienware is going to be you know, made to really drive that GPU really, really hard all the time for gaming. Because gaming, you start playing, you'll play for two to three hours at a time. You may not do that on a lower end laptop. You're gonna, it'll hit thermal limits. You'll start to throttle. Um, that said, whatever you're doing, you're probably not going to be. Oh, I'm going to be rendering for three hours on my GPU or CPU. Uh, G5, G7, G7 maybe. Maybe plenty fast because they're not slow, right? You still got a lot of performance if you get the same CPU and GPU, but the Alienware is going to almost always be faster, but especially under heavy thermal loads and you'll have a gaming centric screen. G5 is more budgety. You're not going to get XPS quality screen in that too. So that really does matter. That's a good breakdown. That's good. I like that. Okay, cool. Uh, a couple more questions uh, and then a couple food questions. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, crap, where to go? Oh, um, the ch- uh, chat, Chichester on Discord. Uh, Mr. What are And Elena was hoping to be here to answer this one too. She was excited. But uh, what are the best options for a pre-built desktop? I'm looking for my parents who unfortunately have this one uh, card game that only runs on Windows or I'd be looking at a Chromebook or an iPad. Uh, I usually build my own, but my parents are not in the same state, so I w- uh, would like to get them something pre-built. What are your uh, thoughts and opinions? I'd want to know what the game is because well, they, it's they, solitaire. <laughs> well, they they then... did add they they use the web, and the card game could probably run on an eighty eighty eight. So yeah, <laughs> it, it it doesn't need anything intensive. 
And then is this is this also form factor matters too? I mean, I think an all in one all in one is a nice solution because you get a they get a big new screen, they can do the Zoom calls with you, you know, and you really don't have to you don't have to have a big fat GPU to run games. So I would look at an all in one, and mm-hmm. that usually means, you know, tier one vendors, you know, Dell, HP, Lenovo, that kind of stuff. Um, and it's nice because you know they're going to get a brand new screen. Everything's you get. I mean, you're going to order it. It'll arrive at their house. They take it out of the box. It's got the keyboard and mouse already paired to it. Mm. You know, none of that. You know, so I, I think that's a good way to go if you're you know if you're looking for a total new system. And they uh, don't have to plug in. Oh, I, you know, and this is a classic. You know why monitors still come with VGA cables? Because people plug in VGA for their their digital panel because that's they do that. Yeah. So all in one fixes that issue of hooking up the wrong monitor and all that stuff. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. Uh, uh, Elena says uh, a Dell four hundred dollar Core i three uh, system comes with a warranty. Uh, of course. Yeah, I think yeah. I think I agree. I wouldn't have thought of that, but what Gordon's saying, I 100% agree with. I think if you can swing it and they need a monitor, that's the way to go. But if you are looking for just like a basic box desktop, like Elena was saying, since it's for your parents, I would definitely go with one of the bigger vendors like Dell or Lenovo and HP. You know, one of the ones that have robust support systems and, you know, warranties and stuff like that. Yeah. You sure. don't need a lot for that stuff. Core i3, like Elena was saying, is all you yeah. need for the web and solitaire. Yeah, it's okay. plenty of power. You don't really have to spend a lot, but I just kind of think, and definitely tier one OEM makes sense, but I just think like there's something nice about a total package that mm-hmm. you don't worry about, you know, they can't screw up in the install. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the I3, uh, we actually had uh, somebody uh, hop into Discord, da- Dazio, uh, said, asked, uh, isn't Intel I3 uh, CPU any good for gaming? I literally know nothing about gaming computers and stuff, so sorry if it's a dumb question. And they only have four gigs of RAM to play with, too. So is is that is that an, an actual option? Could, could they get away with get it? will get the job done. I mean, it's not going to be anywhere near as fast as if you had 8 or 16 gigs of RAM in a Core i5, but I mean, it'll get the job done. I would just, you know, pair it with a similarly affordable graphics card like because if you start to overshoot on the graphics card that cpu can hold the graphics card back whereas like gordon i did videos with this before you try to kind of balance them out it should do fun uh you might just have to depending on the graphics card in the game you know turn some visual dials knobs down but you can definitely game on an i3 yeah what range would you tell the person to probably shop in like sort of under $150 GPU, under $200? Under $150 is real hard these days, but I would say the ones that are like 150 to 200 bucks would be good to go. Like I wouldn't go any higher than a 1660, 1660 Super. Uh, but with an i3, I was specifically thinking something like the 1650 Super would be a good pairing, and I think that's 170 bucks. Wow, that's so. pricey. What yeah, about radio, they're, they're Radeon options? Any Radeon options at that price? Uh, they have the 5500 XT. Uh, it's slower and more expensive than the 1650 Super. So oh, 1650 okay. Super is the way to go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And the 1650 Super itself is like 10 or 20 bucks more than the 1650 non-Super. 
but like infinitely faster. So 1650 super is the way to go if you're shopping budget like that. And also keep in mind how you define gaming might be different than somebody else. If your idea of gaming is, uh, you know, solitaire or more entry level games, then it probably, it, it will do perfectly fine. But if you're talking about, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2 or whatever, RDR 2, then that's pretty tough. You're going to, you're going to turn a lot of stuff down. And then it definitely, can be done though. It can. I used you know, to, I used to game on, uh, obviously now I'm the graphics card tester, but, uh, I used to game six or seven years ago. I forget how long ago this was, but the 7570, 7770s, a, a card that was like 120 bucks, a Radeon card. And yeah, I had to play at 1080p medium, but you know, I could still play all the games. It'd be yeah. the same deal with the Core i3 and a 1650 Super these days. You might just, you know, just be reasonable with what you expect. Yeah. So um, if you're looking at Core i3, you have four gigs. So add a little memory to, I think eight would be the minimum. It'd be nice to have 16, but eight would be the minimum. So just pick up another, hopefully you can add another four gigs in inside. Yeah. It sounds like they're on a budget, but so to me, yeah. core, you can, you definitely can game with a core I three and four gigs. There might be some compromises, but you definitely yeah. can. Well, would you think like, so here's the thing, instead of a 1660 TI, you scale it back to a 16, six, you know, 1650, and then take that extra thirty bucks savings to buy a little more memory. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then of course SSD helps too in, in level loads. <laughs> but you know, now you're adding a lot crazy. of dollars to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah. Yeah. There's so much to balance. So much to balance. Um, last serious question. Uh, this one's a little longer from Boria Zero, friend of the show. Uh, they're after a new monitor. Uh, they recently spotted an upcoming Samsung Odyssey G7 32-inch 1440p VA panel, 244 hertz for 510 pounds, I think it is. I have a Dell U2412M IPS. I know people generally think IPS is superior over VA, but my IPS is proper old. Uh, they don't do any color-critical work. Uh, they they don't really play FPS games. Uh they mostly play F1 and FIFA uh, and RPGs. Uh, what issues should I expect from a VA panel versus IPS? What benefits, uh, you know, so the the the, ben uh, the difference between VA and IPS? Uh, and what do you think in terms of screen re resolution to screen size is sharp enough? Meaning, you know, if a 50-inch screen at 1080p is different than a a 30 inch screen at 1080p. Like what, what do you think is the good sweet spot for there? So two questions. Brad, you want to go first or? Sure. Uh, well that Odyssey monitor is badass. Uh, 240 Hertz. It's big. It's like one of those super immersive curve screens. Uh, -huh. uh 240 Hertz. That's plenty fast. Uh, the VA versus IPS. Good VA panels these days are right there with IPS. And I would think, that in these expensive monitors that Samsung's building, they would use a good panel. I say that without having tested it myself, but that's just what my gut says. I've tested Samsung monitors in the past, and they've been pretty good. Uh, those specific monitors, they are what they are. So if you're interested in that as far as screen size and resolution, I mean, that's what it is. They look like they should be fine uh, resolution-wise versus size. In general, I like 1080p monitors for, I don't know, 24 inches and below. 
uh, 1440p from 24 to 30 ish. And I prefer 4k from 30 and above just for different, you know, stretching pixels or having the text be too small. If like you have a 4k 21 inch, uh, that's just my general rule of thumb. Like I have a 28 inch 4k monitor that I'm looking at right now. And I really wish it was that two inches bigger then I wouldn't have had to screw around with windows resolution scaling and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with all that. Uh, I do think it's a little, it, I mean, it's a little loose on those pixels at that point, right? Cause mm-hmm. 32 inches for 1440 P is like, Ooh, that's, it does seem like that's stretching those pixels out, but the nice advantage of that, especially at, you know, at two, is it 240 or 244? You can run native res gaming. If you're, if you're buying this primarily as a gaming, you know, monitor, then you can run 1440 and not like feel like, Oh, I need to go get a 2080 TI now. So I think that's a better situation. If it were 4K, then you're like 4K is nice if you're doing more desktop work, but for gaming, it's you, you got to have a real GPU then. So that kind of adds to the cost of it. And then, yeah, I agree. But Brad, you have really good VA panels that most of us could never tell the difference. That that Dell 24, there's like, it feels like a billion of those out there. My son was just using one until recently. Those are awesome monitors still, but they're, you know, next to a new panel, is the new panel is going to look better. It'll just look nicer, brighter, crisper, you know. Looking at the Odysseys, the, the two options, the G7 looks like a decent normal size curved monitor uh and that's 27 inches that's fine for 1440p even the bigger one the g9 is massive it's 32 9 aspect ratio uh because they measure it from corner to corner when they're talking about screen size so it's not as gnarly sounding as it seems i would think yeah no those curved model monitors are pretty awesome they're pretty yeah. awesome so I hate him. When when the first time I ever used the curved monitor, I hated it. Hated really? it for the first two days. And then something clicked and I'm like, this is freaking wonderful. This is like I'm in the matrix. I feel like I'm surrounded by this stuff. And I went back to a normal one. And while it's fine, I still think I prefer curved, but it does have a learning curve. Haha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And although I will say over like I don't even think you sell them anymore, wide aspect flat. Those, we did some testing when they first came out, and you would look at a curved panel. Well, first you'd look at a flat one, and your eyeballs feel like they'd kind of shift out a little yep. bit, and it was uncomfortable. And you'd look at a curved one, and it felt a lot more natural. It just did not strain your eyes as much. So, curved TVs are dumb as hell. Curved yeah. monitors are smart as hell. Yeah, especially because you sit right with them it's, right it's up the in the distance. Face. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Now to the serious questions. So are you guys ready for this? Reverend Jester yeah. asked last week, uh, is a corn dog just a meat and breading lollipop? Gordon? No. No, definitely not. Because it's it's a it's a delivery system for a hot dog. So I don't I don't think it's really I mean, it's sort of like, what's that one the owls always trying to get to the center of? A Tootsie Pop? Tootsie Pop. Tootsie, yeah. Nah. I mean, that's sort of dismissing the outside. And, uh, I mean, I guess you could say it's like a Tootsie Pop. Tootsie Pop is not a lollipop, I guess, right? Because, uh, no. Well, maybe I think technically it's a, it's a lollipop, right. but. <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's a, I would think it's, it's not a lollipop. It is a delivery system for pork. Sweepings. So I think <laughs> I think that's clearly different than a lollipop. 
I, as someone who, for different reasons, needs to limit my amount of sugars and eat a lot of meat, uh, don't get to eat lollipops very often. So I'm very much on board with the idea of considering a corn dog basically a meat lollipop. So I'm going to counter Gordon and go with yes, definitely. Oh, uh, well, uh, Lindsay is is throwing a uh, a curveball in here. Do you, do you consider a hot dog a sandwich? No, come on. That's just not – there's there's rules. There's actually rules. Oh, there there's an actual hot dog council, a national hot dog council. Wow. I <laughs> Are they trying no to idea. claim they're a sandwich now? Uh, no, no. They're saying they're, it's not. Uh, they, they sent out a press yeah. release a number of years ago saying that uh, that a hot dog is not a sandwich. Yeah, because uh, who the hell would ever think it's a sandwich? No one would ever think that. I mean, it's but actually it's, a big debate. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, it, it's There's something actually inside a two things of bread. On, uh, uh, what is it? Gawkers. They're not Gawker anymore. Zombie Gawkers has a site called uh, The Takeout, where a recurring column for them is they interview celebrities, and all they ask them is, is a hot dog a sandwich? You couldn't I'm going to go with no, because sandwiches are between two slices of bread. And a hot dog bun is one piece of bread with just a slice in the middle, so it's not two slices of bread. Not so always. I, a lot of kids like will break it off, and then it just becomes a sandwich. No, but that's that's like saying a hot dog is like uh, an American taco because that's where they're actually from. <laughs> because it's folded and you put stuff in the middle, it's like not. Is a Subway sandwich a hot dog? Because you know it's. I it's one, that's a good question. Subway only does the little slice in it, like a hot dog. But- I'm. I'm you more know, they don't do that in American tacos. I'm fine with that. American they, tacos. Hot dogs are American tacos. I like that one. But, but they don't do the um they don't the partial do the slice v, anymore? The they don't. V notch? Oh. They they that was your classic V notch. Yeah. I guess people complain because this is you're doing this to give me less filling. So now they do the traditional sandwich. Uh, and but he, uh, go, a friend of the show Keith says uh, subs are not sandwiches. I if agree you go with that. and if you go in a subway, you can request the V notch. That's like a secret off, off menu. V-notch. Hey, yeah, you can say, the and they V-notch. will cut the V-notch, give me the V-notch, <laughs> and they'll go like, whoa, I got a pro in here. This guy knows Subway. I'm sorry I'm new here. I have to ask somebody. Yeah. Let me tell well, you, what? one time, you know, one time Jared came in here. It was pretty cool until he turned out to be a creep, you know. But, you know. <laughs> I can yeah. tell you this because you know, you know your Subway. Uh, uh, Elena's not sandwiches. Uh, Elena's asking, what's a sloppy Joe bread? Sloppy Joe is a sandwich. It's between two slices of bread. Unless you're talking about the one with just the bread on the bottom with the stuff piled on top. Open face sandwiches are an atrocity and are not actually sandwiches and should not be considered as such. You should go to Permani Brothers in uh, Pittsburgh. I think that'll change your mind. Also, people have to remember, sandwich is actually – it was created by somebody. Mm -hmm. So it's actually – this person – created the sandwich the earl of sandwich created the sandwich they had a patent on it they ran around they sued people the patent long ago expired i'm making that up it's not even true but (laughs) they would never consider a hot dog as a sandwich the earl of a sandwich would probably you would you'd be challenged to a duel well i mean if we want to go into the spirit of the thing the reason that they made the sandwich is so that he could hold his meal in one hand while he was playing cards or whatever so a hot dog would fit the spirit of it however or taco not I a sloppy Joe. Uh-uh. A taco is not a sandwich, and that means a hot dog is not a sandwich. What Neither about pizza? Just... You fold a piece of pizza. <laughs> pizza is not a sandwich. Either. <laughs> people, <are> Although, <laughs> people who follow me on Twitter will know I am a big. 
believer, I invented at my last NFL fantasy draft, uh, pizza burgers. So we had gotten Domino's cheese pizza and grilled some burgers, and I used the pizza slices as the burger buns. And that was a fine sandwich. Nice. There you go. It's like the McDonald's (laughs) pizza. I don't know what's worse here, the (laughs) the fact that it's a pizza burger or that it's called a pizza burger using the thing they sell you from Domino's. <laughs> yeah, it's, perfect, it's perfect as a sandwich slice. The U.S. government, you know why they're not called Domino's Pizza? U.S. government made them stop calling it that. I'm making that up too. They probably just took it off to be cool, right? Like KFC. All right, real quick. Real quick to, to, yeah. uh, here's a, another really important one. Let's just, we're firing them off. There's three, three things here. Sold Est. Uh, if you could only pick one and the other one just gets, uh, you know, is, is out of, out of stock forever till the end of time, uh, would you rather have mac and cheese or fried chicken? Fried chicken. Wait, wait, what's that question again? You can only have one. Yeah. The other one, the other one just runs out of stock and never exists again. Oh, this, that's so easy. That's, that's fried chicken. I mean, who would, although, so you have to realize those, those, those questions, there's not repercussions of that. If you had fried chicken vanish in the timeline, that affects everything. <laughs> no, 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 that not a, vanish. Affects... Like going forward, like it runs out. You know, well, I know like toilet if... paper did for COVID. But what I'm saying is, you're changing the timeline here. So, no fried chicken no longer existed. The only way that would happen is there ain't no more chickens. No, and you can I... have baked chicken. It's no, like they cause... put the soda tax in some cities. They just say, hey, you got a fried chicken tax now, and you go somebody have baked could. Chicken. See, but somebody we're saying basically this is a this is a time paradox issue because if you disinvented <laughs> fried chicken, someone can always reinvent the fried chicken. You can't change time; it always bends back. I think you're basically saying you wished it never existed. No, no, it goes away forever. There's no time paradox; it's just whatever ingredients are needed uh, vanish. So, by law, the United Nations passes a resolution forbidding people to ever make fried chicken again. <laughs> sure. Anyway, I'm, I'm fine with mac okay. and cheese leaving. Okay. I'd keep yeah. the fried chicken. Right, no, well. but so like the, the side effect of mac and cheese going away, that means the cheese must no longer exist. And basically what you make the noodles out of, the elbow noodles, that will never exist either. I'm a shell guy myself, but, you know. So that, that goes away. I mean, that just – I don't see both. Both those are really <laughs> – all right. Well, don't be a this, good lawyer. How about yeah? How about this one? Pancakes or waffles, <laughs> Gordon? To go away or stay? Well, Which yeah. You, you you pick one to keep. The other one goes away. Yeah. See, I, I that again. That there there is no easy answer here because if you eliminate pancakes, somebody could always reinvent pancakes. <laughs> of those two, I would take. I would take I would take pancakes. So waffles would, would go pancakes. away. Really? But but we're wow. talking about. This dystopian society where you can no longer make waffles by law. And if you secretly make a waffle at home, you know, they come in through the windows, they, they repel in, and, like, that's it. Unless it's like Minority Report and they see the pre-crimes and they come and stop you from making that waffle. There, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, like <laughs> I, I was gotta, actually thinking about this because I like the little pockets that waffles offer, right? Like, I like having the little pockets of butter and syrup and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But... I just much prefer the texture of pancakes. So, yeah, I like, I like a good crunch. If, that's why I like the waffles. Thus far, like my ideal meal out of all of this would be chicken and waffles. But in this, you know, dystopian future, apparently that won't happen. It'll Fried be chicken and pancakes. pancakes. 
<laughs> but Brad would just kind of he would he would rebel. He would either reinvent it or I don't know, start a new colony. <laughs> All right, last one: uh, ice cream or brownies? Which one would you keep, Gordon? Oh, brownies! They're definitely for me. Whoa! Just brownies are crunchy. They get they get they got all the things. Ice cream can go away. It does. My grandmother makes great brownies, and I am lactose intolerant. And eating ice cream gives me severe stomach cramps. That being said, I will definitely keep ice cream over brownies. Because if you have a brownie, you have a brownie. There are so many wondrous variations of ice cream. I mean, I've got three different kinds in my freezer right now. I'm still thinking about this horrible future that people would create that way. Because that's the only way. Otherwise, if you're not deleting it from the timeline, then it really comes down to, yeah, the some power. great powers are forbidding you from making a, a, a waffle. All right, last one, bacon or sausage? I'm a sausage person. I'm a sausage person, so I'll take the sausage. Me too. I like having snack bacon. Sometimes I just, you know, if I get a bunch of bacon on a deal, I'll cook it up, leave it in the fridge, the freezer, uh, the fridge, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon, getting a little hungry. Go pick During, up some snack bacon. Snack bacon. I, I, I bought put a, some. Put a pickle on it. It's like a deconstructed sandwich. <laughs> I bought some pre, pre-cooked bacon during the, the no longer, you can no longer buy bacon scare that we got. And uh, it's just, it's basically prepared in the package. It's just sitting down on the shelf. It's shelf-stable bacon. So I do believe shelf in bacon. Shelf-stable bacon. But I will take sausage over, especially would take sausage, sausage over shelf stable bacon. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that bad actually. I have canned, I have a canned bacon. They actually put bacon in a can. It's called Tactical Bacon. You can buy it. Go look for it. You can still buy it, and um, it's gonna. it's you can last probably an eternity in that can. And Tactical Bacon. When the zombies have taken over, you can at least have heat up that bacon and have a semblance of society again. That's the name of my new punk band, Tactical Bacon. Like <laughs> All right, Gordon, take us out of here because now I'm hungry. Yeah, right. right? I want bacon with some pancakes and some fried chicken. I know what I'm having for dinner tonight. <laughs> a heart attack. Uh, yeah, it sounds like it. Maybe you can wrap that in a in a, in a a Domino's flatbread substance with pizza sauce on it and uh, put some hamburger on it, too. So check back for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd next week. That's all backwards, but I'm talking like Yoda. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify, and Stitcher. And please leave us a review. Every time you do, Adam finds one food to eliminate from the timeline. Also send co- questions and comments to the Full Nerd at PCWorld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Young with Brad Charkas. Hot dogs are American tacos. And Adam Patrick Murray is going to take us out so we can have lunch. Uh, thank you for the $5 VC gesture. would like to remind everyone that by this time tomorrow, the PC World Folding Team will be in the top 500 teams in the world. That's yes. pretty good. Yes. Wow. We're, we're doing great. So uh, keep on folding, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.